Garcia, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It's wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. So this week, as we get rolling, I want to do a little word association. So I want to say a word, and I want you to think about what comes to mind like like what does this word kind of bring out in terms of an emotional response to you ready you right with me here okay prayer when when you think of prayer like what what starts to roll around in your mind you, you see my thought is my worry a little bit is that there's kind of like low grade guilt associated when you hear the idea of prayer and maybe you're even thinking this today like Great, we're going to talk about prayer. I, I, I know prayer is important. I, I, I know prayer should be more a part of my life, but it's just not something that I do regularly. That I pray at meals and I pray at other times, but man, this, this just isn't a part of my regular life. As, as I think about people, I think about people in the church, I think about probably many of you watching, I think there's often different categories of people when it comes to prayer. There are like some of you that are like the direct line to God pray type people. Like your prayer is effective. You see the significance. You, 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 you see the priority of it. You, you, it, it. It's a regular part of your life. You are the people that other people come to and ask you to pray for them because they just see how key and regular it is to your life. Then there's more like middle of the row type prayers. You, you know the significance. You, you know the importance um, but you're kind of more situational when it comes to praying. It, it, it kind of happens when you need some direction or you, you kind of ma- need to make a decision or there's some sort of emotional response. And, and so, but, but sometimes prayer doesn't always happen. And then there's some of us that prayer is just sometimes confusing and frustrating. That it seems as if prayers don't even kind of leave the room. That, that you get easily distracted um, I know sometimes when I pray, I, I actually end up falling asleep and sometimes I forget even what I'm praying for. And so here's the reality is that wherever you are on the spectrum, just acknowledge it. And how do we begin to look at what would be a step forward in incorporating more of prayer into your life? So, so why are we even talking about it here today? Is it just because it's the thing we need to do and we talk about church and God? No, it's based around this series we've been doing the last number of weeks called Inspired, about about how does our faith inspire us to, to step into places that if it wasn't for Jesus, we likely wouldn't have gone. Or we recognize that if it wasn't for the, the strength of Jesus at work in our lives, we wouldn't be able to accomplish the things that we do. And so we've been wanting to get really, really practical under understanding that 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 faith is is how do we live with faith not simply have a faith and so I want to look at prayer and how prayer begins to incorporate everything that we do a couple of weeks ago I, I used an illustration of, of how life is like this mason jar and and as you see in this jar there's there's a variety of rocks and there's different elements of life in in this jar and in life. And so we have work, we have friends, we have finances, we even have some church stuff. But but to look at life less as just in faith, less as another rock that we put in. And as I brought out the, the picture of water, understanding that faith encompasses and immerses everything that we do. I want I want to pick up this theme and suggest that prayer becomes a key component if we want our faith to immerse all of life. 
And so what, what my hope is that wherever you are on the spectrum of faith, whether it's, it works for you, you're frustrated by it, it's sort of seasonal situation, whatever it is, we start to see that faith is less about an end and more a means to allowing our faith to incorporate everything that we do. So, so, so that prayer becomes significant in what we do. Because listen, if, if prayer kind of frustrates you or you struggle with it, know you're in good company. The disciples, the Jesus followers actually struggled with prayer. There's this one instance in Luke chapter 11 when Jesus has finished praying and the disciples basically come to Jesus and are like, teach us how to pray. And so what, what I want to do today is just, just kind of unpack a little bit around what prayer is, what it isn't, with the hope that, that we move in a direction that prayer becomes less a formality, something we do and begins to encompass more of who we are so that faith begins to interact and immerse everything that we do. In order to do that, what I want to do is is look at at two kind of significant prayers in the Bible. One you may be familiar with, more familiar with, and the other one might be new to you. And so the first place I'm going to turn is to the Lord's Prayer. Now, there's, there's, there's a real good chance that many of you know the Lord's Prayer or at least portions of the Lord's Prayer. Um, but it's, it's, it's an interesting place because we see how Jesus begins to unpack, first of all, even before he gets into the Lord's Prayer, what, what prayer is it? And so let me, let me read this. It comes from Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5. And let's look at what Jesus says about prayer. Always with the lens of saying, how do I incorporate this into all of my life? And so this is Jesus speaking. He says, when you pray, he says, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to the Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask. And so this, this is a great segue into what prayer is not, which I think is incredibly helpful because sometimes you may be intimidated when you hear other people pray. And so, and so the very first thing that Jesus says is that prayer is not to be like a public spectacle, that it's something personal, it's something private. Now, I'm, I'm betting that the majority of us don't struggle with this. Like we, we're the type of people that when you're at like Thanksgiving dinner and someone says, hey, who would like to pray for the meal? Like suddenly all the eyes go down and like, don't make eye contact, don't make eye contact. Please don't ask me. Please don't ask me. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't want to do it. And Jesus is like, hey, listen, don't be like the hypocrites. And so who's Jesus referring to? Good chance he's referring to the religious leaders, these, these individuals who, who wanted to use prayer as a public spectacle. And so like, I think about when I pray, like in public or at church, I, I want to talk the way I normally would talk, not just with lofty words or, or with a deeper voice or whatever it may be, right? You just have a conversation with God. Like when you're having a personal conversation with someone else, you don't shout it from the treetop so everyone else hears. No, no, you, that's, that's like annoying to the person you're talking to, right? You talk to them specifically. So prayer is private. It's not meant to be some sort of public form where you begin to show off. 
The second thing is he's like, don't be a babbler. Don't use lots of words. See, there's another word there. Jesus says, don't be like the pagans. And we hear the word pagan is like, oh my gosh, like what, what, like, what is that all about? In Jesus' day, pagan just simply was a reference to people who didn't believe in God. And so the pagans would be the Greeks. They'd be the people who'd have other gods and many gods. And what's interesting is in Jesus' day, one of the ways that, that the pagans would pray to the Greek gods is they'd have these long, long prayers. Like, like prayers that if you were having to listen to, there's a good chance you would fall asleep. I'm pretty sure Jesus would fall asleep listening to these prayers, right? And so this is the beauty of prayer is that oftentimes we think, well, what do I say? And how do I say it? And do I have to say a lot of things? No, 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 no. Get to the point. And so then Jesus goes on and begins to give us almost like a template of what prayer begins to look like. And if you know the Lord's Prayer, you know it's kind of short and sweet. It's, it's said in less than 60 seconds. This is what Jesus says. So this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Okay, a couple more comments. We're not going to go line by line, but just look at how the prayer is divided up. The, the first part of the prayer focuses on God. Suddenly we start to realize, wait a second, wait a second. How is it when I pray, do I bring my attention back to God? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're, we're using prayer as a way to remind us that ultimately what we are wanting to do is not just simply gain whatever we need, but are we participating in what God wants to do in this world? The second thing is we start to realize this is kind of where the, the ask come in. But did you notice? It's plural. It's not give me my daily bread, lead me away from temptation, forgive me of my sins. No, it's give us, forgive us, lead us. You see, one of the challenges that I think that we struggle with in our culture here in the West is we live in an individualistic society, which, which is not the way of the Jesus period of time, right? There is a sense, this is community, this, 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 this sense of looking out for the needs of others. And so suddenly when, when we think about prayer, and we're going to unpack this a little bit more later on, is that suddenly prayer is not just about what I need, but how does prayer open our eyes to the community around us? Begin to, begin to focus upon what is, what is happening elsewhere and just, just how we can be involved. Okay, so hold on to that for a second because then we're going to turn to another prayer. And then, and then we're just going to unpack what does this look like day to day for you and me, whether you're like an all-star at prayer, you're like middling at it, or you're just struggling at it. Second one comes from the Old Testament. It comes in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. And so let me, let me just read it for you. It's even shorter, even shorter than the Lord's prayer. And then understand what it is all about. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, this is what it says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. The key for this is the very first word which in, in Hebrew is Shema, Shema, S-H-E-M-A, Shema, right? And that means hear, 
or listen. And what I love about this is that suddenly we start to realize that prayer, conversation with God, is not just about us talking to God and telling him the things that we would like to see or the things that we need him to do, but that prayer at the very heart of it begins with us first listening to God. Shema. Let me hear. Let me listen. And so when you think of prayer, how much of your time is spent actually listening? But Shema is a real cool word, and I'm going to kind of nerd out a little bit here on it, because Shema is not just about listening and hearing. It incorporates obeying and action. Here's a little aside. Listen, if you have someone in your life that, that has what I would refer to as selective hearing, that, that they seem to hear what you're saying, but they're not doing what you're asking to do them, you can now bust out a Hebrew word, Shema, on them. Like, like maybe you have children and you're like, I need you to clean up your room. I need you to clean up your room. Why aren't you cleaning up your room? Or maybe you have a spouse where you, you're asking them to do something or you have a colleague or whatever. And you get to the point where you're incredibly frustrated because you're like, don't you listen? Don't you hear? And the reality is, is they hear you. They're listening to you. They're just not putting it into practice. You see, the word Shema incorporates listening and obedience, action. It's, it's actually a call to action. And so next time your, your kids are not like cleaning up your room or your spouse isn't doing what you're asking to them, you can like bust out the word and say, Shema, Shema. Basically, it's like, listen and do what I'm asking you to do. And so when we think of prayer as listening, it's not just simply saying, well, God, what would you want me to do? And then listen and then get a sense. It's actually beginning to put it into action. It's, it's beginning to love God with everything. And then the prayer goes on as kind of tell us a little bit more about how do, we, how do we allow listening prayer to take root in our lives? In verse 6, Deuteronomy 6, verse 6, it says this. So these commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames of your house and on all your gates. What we begin to see is, is, is how do we make prayer a part of life? So it's not just a formality of like, well, I'm... I'm at church, I guess I should pray. Or I'm about to consume lunch, and so I guess I should pray. The Jewish people, the nation of Israel, understood prayer as being a part of their day. When they're walking, when they're sitting, when they get up, when they go to bed. That, that the practice actually showed that, that they would recite this prayer, again, like less than 30 seconds. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Right there, like three times a day. When they got up, in the middle of their day, at the end of the day. And, and why would they do it? Not just to repetitively repeat what they thought God wanted to hear, but to remind them that as I'm living my day, am I listening to you? God, do, do I see my interactions with my kids or with my colleagues or, or whoever it may be as an opportunity to express my faith? Do you start to see how if we want to allow faith to incorporate all of life, 
we need to see prayer as not just simply something we do as like, okay, I'm going to tick it off the box, right? But incorporates who we truly are. And so, and so where does this leave us? Like, let's, let's get practical. I, I, I need practicality in my life. Three thoughts about prayer. Number one, prayer is a conversation. It's about us talking and us listening. I mean, at the, at the, heart, at the end of the day, what God desires is relationship. And when you think of any relationship, what is key is communication, is the way in which we talk with one another. The same is true with God, that, that it's not always going to be a time of formality, but it's going to be interactions throughout the day, just, just checking in and just allowing yourself to listen and hear from God. The second thing is just to kind of incorporate it into all of your day. Like, what would it look like to kind of deliberately interrupt what you're regularly doing in order just to pray? And, and, and not necessarily to, to make it a long prayer. Remember, Jesus is like, keep it short and sweet. Like, I don't know about you, but I love short and sweet. Like, like this is what's going on. This is what, God, I'm, I'm struggling with. This, this is what I'm dealing with. How does it start to look like? And then suddenly you realize all these short little prayers throughout the day, your, your focus, your, your demeanor, your, your posture will have completely changed. And then the third thing is what I've already said, just keep it short. Don't, don't worry about big words. Don't worry about fancy words. Don't, don't think about what is the wrong thing to say. Just talk to God like you'd talk to anyone else. And so use the language you would use. So let's wrap this up. I've been thinking, what, what are some practical pieces? What are some practical prayer hacks that we can start to put into our life so that we don't walk out of here and think, okay, yes, yes, I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm going to make it more a part of my day. And then we just forget. I love the prayer in Deuteronomy, the, the Shema, when it talks about not only what the prayer is, but how to incorporate it into your life. It, it says some things that might seem kind of weird. It says, like, tie it as symbols on your hands or put it on your head or, or write it on your doorframe. You're probably thinking, yeah, Joel, seriously, dude, I am not going to do any of that. But, but what would be a helpful reminder? For me this week, what I did, actually on this recording, what I did today is I put the Shema on my phone. It's, it's now on my lock screen. And so every time I, I pick up my phone, I, I am reminded. And I just read it or I look at it. And what does it immediately do? It just brings me back into focus to think about God, to think about what he might be wanting to say to me. And then if there's something that I should be saying to him. And so even before I send an email or send a text or pick up my phone for a call, I'm just reminded again of am I incorporating God into my life? And so maybe you want to put it on your home screen. I know other people who use like sticky notes and put it up on their fridge or put it up on their mirror or put it up on your, your rear view mirror in your car. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, like I'm, I'm not telling you what you need to do. Just how do you be intentional about incorporating prayer, about giving yourself the reminder? Because clearly, clearly, God had to tell these people to do, the, do this because them, like us, forgot about the importance of prayer. So God is like, I'm not scolding you. I'm just trying to help you. Put it in front of you to refocus you in the day. 
Second thing is realize some, some of the incredible gifts that God gives to us when it comes to prayer. That, that prayer doesn't always have to be just what I am going to say. One of, the, one of the early church fathers, a guy by the name of Augustine, he says that when we sing, we pray twice. So have you ever thought about music as being just one of the greatest ways that we can pray? Because think about it. It's oftentimes in music that, that, that the music expresses the words in a way better way that we ever could. At the same time, God uses music to oftentimes speak to us. And so what if, what if instead of thinking, you know, I sing out of tune, I don't want to do it. When you sing, forget about singing. When you hear music, you see it as, a, as an offering, offering of prayer, of, of you offering this praise to God or, or of God speaking into your life as well. Third thing, this is hyper-practical. As a church, we're actually running a prayer retreat on shockingly listening prayer. Don Craw, who is like one of my gurus when it comes to prayer, he, he has helped me immensely in terms of stepping away from the formality of prayer and just seeing it as a part of life. He, he's offering a full day of just, of just helping people understand how do we listen to God in prayer? How does prayer become more a part? And so this is like a much better version of what I'm talking about today. And we're even going to give you lunch. And so if if you have questions or you'd like more information, send me an email and I'll put you in touch with Don and we will get you sorted out. And then the third one is this. Respond to the nudges. The more we start to incorporate prayer into the daily life, the more we're going to see different opportunities about what God may be wanting to say to us or about the things that we may be wanting to pray about. Remember the Lord's Prayer. It says, forgive us, lead us, provide for us. It's, it's this idea of, of how do we pray corporately for others? And so I don't know, maybe you've ever found the situation where suddenly you're going about your day and then suddenly someone comes to mind and you have like, I have no idea why I'm thinking about that person. And we just may try to move along. What if you just use that as an opportunity to pray for the person? You may have no idea what's going on in their life. But what if you just use the Lord's Prayer? You know, God, is there something that, that they need, some sort of provision, and just pray for that? Or, or maybe they're, they're failing, facing a difficulty, a, a sense of temptation, and you can just pray about that. Or, or, or maybe they've messed up royally, and they just need to know the grace of God in their lives. I don't know what it is, but don't dismiss the nudge. Because there's going to be other times where God may suddenly come up an idea in your mind, and you're like, I would have never thought of that on my own. Don't dismiss it. Step into it. And so, as you go about your week, how can you begin to incorporate prayer into all of life? Not, not as something you have to do, but, but just something that, that gives you a greater joy, uh, brings a greater sense of breadth and life into your day today. Maybe you want to just kind of use one of these prayers as a bit of a template. The Lord's Prayer or the Shema. Just just how do you make it a part of your life? Maybe you want to turn on some music and just listen to some music and allow that music to become your prayer as you listen to God and as you pray to God. Let me, let me pray for you. And then listen, listen, I would, I would love to hear from you this week. If there, if there's certain things that have been helpful, if there's certain things that, that have suddenly come up, I would love to hear from you so that we can begin to share this with others. And so wherever you are, 
in the spectrum of faith, in the spectrum of prayer, the last thing, the last thing that God wants prayer to be for you is frustrating or distracting or confusing, but truly life-giving. And so how do you become more intentional this week incorporating prayer? So as I sign off, let me, let me just pray for you um, that this week would be a week where, where you'll experience more from God because you've just been intentional to stop, to listen, to hear. Let's pray. So gracious God, as we, as we think of these prayers, and God, I just love the beauty of the simplicity and Jesus, how you just remind us that it's not about fancy words. It's not about long-winded prayers. It's about being honest and just coming to you. And so, Jesus, I pray for those that are watching this today, wherever they are on the spectrum of prayer, whether it comes naturally, whether it's, you know, sometimes, or whether it's just a frustration, that, God, that there would be opportunities this week where you reveal to them just the gift of prayer, that they would listen they would share what is on their minds and that together we'd step away from the formality of prayer. And so God, may you speak into our lives and may we shema, may we listen and respond. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, hey, may God's blessing be with you. May, may you know God's presence in your life this coming week, knowing his goodness his grace, and his mercy today and in the many tomorrows yet to come. Have a great week. Hi again, this is Leah. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 10.30 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, we have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get back, right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.